This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast presented by our partners at BetMGM. Go to BetMGM.com to place your bets and be where the action is. Uh, Ryan, I say it every time, but it really is the best time of the year. We are here. We are. This is what we do it for. That's right. You know, this is the, we have the Stanley Cup final locked, set, ready to rock. Yeah. And I know people are talking about, oh, maybe not traditional markets. I think this is going to be an extremely entertaining series. I do too, because I look at these two teams and how they got to where they are. And, you know, I see some similarities. I think there's going to be some really great matchups. And I think, obviously, you know, whoever dictates the tone, that's going to be big. Uh, but I, I can't definitively say I know what's going to happen. No. And I think, I think that's what you want. I, like, we're, we're obviously going to preview it all and, and break it down and everything. I, like, and so this might be stepping on, but I, li- I do not have like a gut feeling of who's gonna come out on top. Mm. I really do think and either team could, and that's what we love. Like last year was I, one of my favorite cup finals ever, not just because we were there, but like it was, it was I think definitively like the two best teams in the league, just uh-huh. like two just Greek gods slinging it at each other on Mount, Olymp- on Mount Olympus. Yes. You know, whereas this year it's like these two, like I don't wanna say they're both underdogs, but like they they really are like two sort of like scrappy underdogs. One is is putting together maybe like the like the greatest Cinderella story we've ever seen. Mm. And the other is an expansion team that, you know, in six years they'd be in the league. This is now their second trip to the cup final. And they're doing it with, you know, after making these huge moves, taking a lot of criticism for how mm. they built their roster and, and just like the commodification of the players. But I think it's gonna be remarkable. But Ryan, before we get into that. Mm. You know, the losers have to have their say as well. You know, and I like to refer to the other uh, 30 teams who didn't make it as the losers, because they are. Um, And so we have two coaching hires today. Uh, Let's start with the Washington Capitals, who, funnily enough, were the team that bounced the the Golden Knights in that first trip to the Cup Final. But they uh, they kind of did, I would say, the obvious thing. The prodigal son has returned, um, in that they have hired uh, Spencer Carberry, who spent time who won the coach of the year uh, coaching Hershey, their AHL affiliate back in 2021, and has then spent the last two, uh, two years as an assistant for the Leafs. They have hired him as, I believe, the 19th co- head coach in, in uh, franchise history. What do we think of this? Yeah, I like it. This is uh, something we've discussed on the podcast before, that Carberry was a, a pretty natural uh, you know, fit for the Caps. He knows the organization. Mm-hmm. He knows some of the young players already, obviously, with his time from Hershey. Uh, you know, Getting experience at the NHL level with Toronto obviously helps as well. It's the kind of guy that, you know, when you're building an organization, this is what you want. You mm-hmm. want to, it, it's not just developing players, it's also developing talent off the ice. Yeah. And whether that's an assistant coach that becomes the head coach, whether it's an assistant GM that becomes the GM, you know, it, I, I think it's a good sign for the Capitals that they were able to nurture that talent. And then, yeah, you know, he went away for a couple of years. But, you know, Spencer Carberry, uh, this was somebody that, like I said, I, I had my eye on him for mm-hmm. a while now, and it felt like Washington, you know, when the time was right, should kind of be his for the taking, and now it has <coughs> come true. So now it's a matter of, I think, what are Washington's priorities, mm-hmm. uh, and what is their timeline for getting back to Stanley Cup contender status. You know, they, yeah. they did win the one cup and they still have Alex Ovechkin and they still have some great veteran talent there. 
but do they need a bit of a reset first? Do they take another step back in order to take a step forward in two years? That obviously is up to the Caps brass, but they've got their guy behind the bench now. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we know now that, that the, uh, the Capitals like to, maybe not, like, not explicit because he did go somewhere else, but like promote from within, get known commodities, because after Trotz left, they then promoted assistant coach Todd Reardon. Uh, to that top job, and now after Laviolette left, they go back to a guy who most recently coached uh, their minor league system and did it well. And I, I, I think I told the story on a different podcast, not a groundbreaking story or anything, but like I remember when the uh, when like in January or something when the Capitals came to town um, um, to the, to the Leafs basically like after morning skate, you know, you you, you talk to Sheldon Keefe or you talk to the the coach, um, whatever. And the traveling media for the Capitals, like we all asked our you know our questions, they spent like literally half of that press conference asking Keith just about Spencer Carberry, mm-hmm. you know, who was, you know, obviously behind the Leafs bench at the time, but yeah. like, and obviously I don't think that they were taking, you know, directions from ownership or management, but like, he has always been sort of like, and even at the time, I think they were, you know, cause this was right before the Capitals really sort of fell out of contention, but I think they'd always had their eye on him. The market mm-hmm. had always had their eye on him. He's, he's coached, like he's proven because what they, what really happened here is like, Laviolette, he, he's, he's known for not maybe being the best with young players. Like, he's one of those coaches that you install into, like, a team that's right on the cusp to get them over. Toronto. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, he's, you know, you're right. And, and so all that. But, like, when it comes to a team that, you know, is maybe on the, either on the upswing or is, like, trying to retool, he might not be the best because he doesn't have a lot of faith in young players. He's very much a veteran's coach. Mm. Um, uh, he's a lot like uh, Gerard Gallant, really, in, in that sense. Um, whereas Carberry, on the other hand, you know, he has all this experience, not just coaching prospects, but coaching their prospects right. and developing them. So I think it's a great fit. I think he, he turned the Leafs power play. I mean, obviously, when you have the firepower um, that they do, the expectation is to be good. Mm. But you still need to put those results. And he turned them into the second best power play in the league over the two years he was there. It's a great hire. I mean, now he's working on the power play with uh, Alex Ovechkin. So he's already stepping in. To, uh, to the fold with a nuclear bomb. That's right. So there you go. Pretty good. Um, the second co- uh, coaching, I guess, swap, really, that happened yeah. uh, was uh, the National Predators, who decided to flip the script here, relieve uh, coach John Hines of his duties after parts of four seasons with the team, and now they have brought in. It seemed like he was destined to get a coaching job somewhere, considering, you know, what he what he'd been doing the last couple of years, Andrew Burnett, who was a former Predators forward. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I thought Andrew Burnett got a bit of a raw deal in Absolutely. Florida. Uh, and then I, I will say it feels like John Hines is getting a bit of a raw deal in Nashville. Yeah. Although, as soon as this news came down, you heard other markets saying, well, maybe John Hines is a fit for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, he has familiarity with uh, Chris Drury. They played together at one point. Um, so, I... I you know, I, I hope John Hines lands on his feet because mm-hmm. he did a great job with Nashville this year. You know, yeah. This was a team that we thought were completely dead in the water, uh, and they had an, an excellent second half, uh, even though they were sellers at the deadline. Oh, like yeah. They lose Matias Ekholm yeah. and, uh, and, you know, still and, make a run. And Tanner Janot. And Tanner Janot. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, I mean. The big fish. Worthy in his first year. Yeah. He's, you know, in the, in the mix there. He had an entire draft class of picks traded for him, so he must be good. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I do hope John Hines, you know, lands on his feet with an NHL gig because I think he deserves it. But having said that, you know, Andrew Brunette has proven in a short amount of time mm-hmm. that he has what it takes to really get uh, the most out of a, a team. You know, he took over a Florida team that was obviously uh, in sort of controversial flux at the yeah. time. 
Uh, it was not ideal circumstances for him to take over behind the bench, uh, but he made it work. And uh, I'm very interested to see, you know, Barry Trotz coming in as the GM in Nashville. Um, you know, I guess you want your own guy. And yes. I understand yeah. that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Brunette does with that Nashville lineup. It'll also be interesting to see what that Nashville lineup looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, they, I, I would say they've been a good team, but not like a serious contender lately. So, again, like, do you tread water in the West? Do you you know, try to take another step forward? Do you take a, again, do you take a step back in order to take another step forward, kind of like the Washington Capitals? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be an interesting summer to see what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, like you said, you know, now that, that Trotz, he's taking over that GM post, regardless of what direction they go, whether they whether they move forward, whether they decide to tread water if they're dumb, or if they, they want to go back, um, at least now, like, given that he's the one who hired him, there will be a cohesion, a, a group sort of mentality on what direction they're going. Um, just a note on John Hines, like my co-host on uh, Staff and Graph, Rachel Dory, she worked with the uh, um, at the Devils or, or for the Devils when H- Hines was there, and has nothing but incredible things to say about. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's one of the best people in hockey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully he he lands on his feet there. But yeah, look, this is the first uh, you know head coaching gig that Brunette's getting that doesn't have an interim tag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one time he was behind a bench, he led a team to the President's Trophy. Um, and also, and this is important to mention, that that team, still to this day, was the most lethal offensive team by goals per game in the salary cap era. There you they, go. They were the, they, I believe they were the only team of the salary cap era to average over four goals per game. Um, you know, so he, he knows how to do it. And then he went to, to New Jersey. And yes, he wasn't the head coach, but he was a, a key, like a, I would say the top assistant there, yeah. and helped lead that team uh, uh, to become one of the most potent offensive and just like well-structured groups um, in the league. So I think yeah. he's very, I think he's got some great uh, sort of credentials mm-hmm. or some even just recent success. He clearly knows the modern game. Yeah. He knows how to construct a modern, fast-paced, possession-heavy East-West. I think that's what the, the, the Predators need because they've had a lot of coaches that seem to buy into the, the old, you know, like Barry Trotz, like sort of plotting Nashville Predators, no dynamic offensive. Now you have Brunette who like, you know, under his watch, Barkov had career seasons. Huberto set the single season assist record for a left wing. You know, all these all these amazing things happen. I think he's a, he's a great fit. Yeah, and you know, if you think about Nashville, the thing we've said sort of historically is like, oh, if, the, if only they could score more, because yes. they've always had like the best defenseman in the league. They've always mm-hmm. had great goaltending. Maybe it's just sort of a new tack now where they say, okay, well, we've got UC Saros in net. We, we feel very safe mm-hmm. that if we play a little more risky, even if we give up more odd man rushes, we've got a guy back there that can bail us out. Mm-hmm. What we need is to be scoring three or four goals a game yeah. instead of two or three. You know who I'm excited to see in an Andrew Burnett system? It's Tyson Berry. Yeah. I'm actually excited to yeah. see that because I feel like an Andrew Burnett system will lend more to the type of game that Tyson Berry, they won't try and force him to be someone he's not. Sure. He might just let him cook. And I think that that's, yeah. that's very good. Um, all right, so the losers have been being handled. They're out of the way. That's right. Let's talk about the winners. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup final. We got the Florida Panthers, the Vegas Golden Knights. Incredible matchup. Who do you want to start with, Ryan? Well, let's start with the Florida Panthers. Let's do it. Uh, since they've been waiting the longest. They have. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky has been mm-hmm. giving a historical performance in net for them. Matthew Kachuk has been amazing a for them. A superstar. Just yeah. a superstar. And, I mean, up and down the lineup, 
you know, you look at Sasha Barkov and, you know, he's the captain, but just the way he's been playing on the ice, you really see him using his size. It, it mm. just felt like Carolina had a, and, and, you know, Carolina's a great team, but they just really had a hard time getting a beat on him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at guys like Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhart, and, you know, we've said this before, it's just like, it's a nasty lineup to it play is, against, man. you know? Nick Cousins, and then, like, on the back end, you know, Racco Gudis, um, and, you know, Aaron Eckblad's a big dude, and, you know, Mark Stahl's been playing really well during this run. So, for me, you know, Florida, they, they certainly know who they are right now. They know how they want to win. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I think that's very important for a team is to say, this is, you know, they're not reacting to what the opponent does. They're saying, this is how we play. Mm -hmm. We're going to get on you fast. We're going to be aggressive. Uh, and our goaltender is on a heater like few have ever seen before. So that's our strategy. If we win every game two to one or even one nothing, we're, cool with that. we're totally fine with that. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the upshot for the Panthers. I mean, the, the downside is that Bobrovsky turns into a pumpkin. Um, and maybe there's a little rust in game one because of the time off. Time off. Those would be that, that's sort of like the, uh, you know, the glass half empty yes. scenario. Mm -hmm. But having said that, everything else really tilts in, in, in their favor in terms of being prepared to be a very potent opponent for the Golden Knights. No, absolutely. And, and what's interesting, too, is, is you say, like, you know, they might be rusty with the time off. But keep in mind, this is a team that played a 5 OT game. <laughs> like, Very true. Like, this is, I, and I, great, by the way, not to give a plug to another network here, but, like, what ESPN does, you know, with the, with, they have this Quest for the Cup series where it's behind right. the scenes with all the teams that are in the playoffs um, at the time. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and there was one about that, that game. And I have never seen hockey players, like, as dead tired. <laughs> like, they're, like, lying down on the floor after the game. They yeah. are just, like, you know that picture of Ole Levy after the, uh, the Canucks endurance skate in training camp where he's just, like, crumpled in, like, the field position? That's, like, what they're all like. Yeah. And so as much as in normal circumstances, yes, they've had, like, a, almost, like, a week off, really, yeah. um, before we get started. But I think that for a team that, you know, is as, like, they're pretty old. This is, like, you know, they, they have, like, at least they're, at least a lot of their, uh, like their, their high sort of octane players up front are like either 30, they're approaching 30, they're on the other side of 30. So I think this will be good for them. One thing too is that, you know, I've been looking through, you know, in pre preparation of this podcast, I was looking through all the stats and whatnot. The biggest, like, if we could, you know, we all know that the, the con, you know, we all know the, uh, the con Smythe for, you know, playoff MVP. If anyone says it's to Chuck over Bobrovsky, you're straight up wrong. Um, but, the, I think we should have like a like a secret weapon award or like a uh. underappreciated award because Gustav Forsling, mm. no, not a not a soul is talking about that man. This guy ha is playing top pairing minutes. He's averaging almost twenty seven minutes of ice time a night. Incredible. And I know plus minus is not the best stat, um, just because you know like whatever. But in a sample size like this, mm. I think it's important. Um, he's a plus nine. When you're playing. 27 minutes a night, yeah. like which is basically half the game in regulation, and you're on for nine more goals than you are on than, than uh, goals for yeah. than against. You are putting an incredible, like you are helping and putting a, a, a just a remarkable effort into helping your team win. Mm -hmm. Like you are a big force in that. No, not a soul is talking about Gustav Forsen. We're talking about Brandon Montour who's having a great offensive Definitely. playoffs. 
uh, you know, like even Mark Stahl, who's showing that he can, you know, still play NHL hockey. Uh, Radko Gudis, who's being, you know, like basically the enforcer, uh, uh, you know, the, the boogeyman for, yeah, for yeah. any forwards. You know, Aaron Ekblad, who's, who's recovered, you know, who came back from being injured and is doing great. Not, not a soul's talking about Gustav Forsling. We need to talk more about him because he's a waiver pickup that they got. They picked him up on waivers. Wow. And he's playing phenomenal. Sounds like you have a blog for uh, oh yeah. I, one I think Florida. you know exactly what yeah. my media day blog is going to be right. now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, this is great. Now, basically, uh, as you said and as you mentioned, the the X factor here is Bobrovsky. For sure, for sure. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for Sergey. And uh, no, but like we, what's interesting too is we saw last year in the Cup final that you can win a Stanley Cup with either average or slightly below average goaltending. Because the, 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 the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in, in six games, no less, like yep. pretty definitively, yep. um, over, the, over the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions uh, with Pavel Fransuz, mm. or Fransos, and Darcy Kemper with one eye. Yeah. Um, so is Sergei Bobrovsky, like let's say he's not stopping 14 goals above, above average yeah, than he is before. Yeah. Let's say he dips down to five. Do you, yeah. think that's, do you think the Panthers are still in a good enough position to not just like compete, but potentially win? I think so, but they might have to play a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting because, in, you know, to sort of segue into Vegas. Let's do it. Vegas can burn you on turnovers and odd man rushes. Well, this, it's funny because we, we talked about last podcast. Sorry not to interrupt you, but like right. this is the most uh, Florida seems to be the most opportunistic team in the league. Right. I would say Vegas is a close second. For sure. So, if you look at, you know, Florida you know playing that great structure and, you know, the Panthers being so good at turning mm-hmm. other teams' mistakes into their own opportunities, uh, you know, if Bobrovsky's not the human wall that he has been, then, you know, if you're Florida, are you taking a few more risks? And what does that do to your overall system? I mean, maybe they just say, hey, this is us, and we'll continue to grind. Uh, or maybe they have to start chasing the play a bit more, which I think we probably saw with Dallas mm-hmm. uh, in game six, and that did not go very well for them. Oh, no. uh, Vegas absolutely trampled them. Um, I, I think that's one of the big sort of subplots here is, you know, who wins the turnover battle? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, who wins the middle of the ice? You know, this is something that I think both teams did very well uh, so far. Florida, in particular, it's very difficult for teams to get in through their defense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Vegas, you know, same, very good. And, you know, I mean, Joe Pavelski, uh, actually, you know, like he was pretty limited in terms of success against Mm -hmm. uh, Vegas, even though he was great in the playoffs before that. Uh, And I think that's a testament to how Vegas defends. But also, Vegas really cut through the Dallas defense. Uh, and, and again, especially in game six, oh, yeah. where a lot of odd man rushes, a lot of like driving to the net where the Stars just couldn't stop them. So to me, that's going to be a super fun game within the game mm-hmm. is who can control the middle of the ice in the offensive zone. Um, if Vegas can pierce that Panthers defense, then yes, Bobrovsky's going to be huge as he has been, you know, the whole time here. But what does that dynamic mean for the series? And I think that's going to be a, a, a great battle. Um, and then as for you know the Golden Knights, just in general, yeah, I think it's fun because I see sort of like two groupings in Vegas 
One is like you've got the the old guard, you yeah. the originals, the OGs, yeah, the OGs, Marcia So Smith, Carlson, Carlson yeah. you know, guys that are always on the right side of the puck. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you do that, good things happen, and we've seen some great opportunistic goal scoring from them. Um, and then, of, and even guys like Keegan Colasar, yeah. for that matter, uh, coming through when they need it in the most. And then you have what I like to call the ringers, Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, the guys yeah. that they brought in more recently that had the star power. And Petrangelo. Petrangelo That's, as well. He's a star defenseman. Certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at least offensively with, with Eichel and Stone, both of them have been so good. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's, it's so fun to see what Jack Eichel has been able to do oh, yeah. with a great supporting cast. And, you know, when, nothing, when not everything's on him which has obviously been in the case uh, in the past. In Buffalo, uh, you know, he was like the, the number two overall pick right by McDavid. There was a lot of pressure. Uh, and then even, you know, last year uh, coming to Vegas where he got there and everybody else was hurt. Mm -hmm. So now it's like he can flourish in uh, these circumstances, and we've seen him do exactly that. Whereas Mark Stone, a uh, player who's seen more success in the past, but so smart, so good with his stick, just you know, interrupting plays, um, you know, creating offense as well. The perfect playoff player, it seems. Perfect like playoff his player. His game is just molded for the tight chess yeah. battles of the, of the playoffs. Exactly, because yeah. he's never been a fast guy. Yes. We know that, but he makes up for mm -hmm. it with all his other traits, and he's super intense as well, uh, which is part of what makes him a great leader. Absolutely. So you have these two factions working together, and what we've seen is just this great sort of cohesive group getting, you know, excellent net mining from Aiden Hill. And, you know, we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not the biggest name that Vegas has ever had in their crease, but the guy getting the job done yeah. at the right time. And you can't really ask for anything more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Aiden Hill. And I think, you know, okay, I look at, I look at the three series that the Panthers played, right? Like, like, you know, basically the three sort of pillars of their run. And I go, okay, well, they, they were playing, uh, you know, when Bobrovsky really took hold, because he took hold, I think it was like, what, game three uh, of the first round? Yeah. Um, and so I think from there, when he was, you know, sort of like writing his tapestry, incredible narrative, like, he gave the Panthers the edge every series. Yeah. He would, like, when he took over, Linus Allmark was like on one leg, basically, yeah. and then Jeremy Sim was coming in totally cold. They were able to ra rally around the fact that they had the best goaltender in the series, potentially in the league, and they were like, and they could take risks, they could push the play, and they knew that Sergei would, would back them up. Mm. Then you go into, into uh, you go into Toronto, and it's the same thing. Ilya Samsonov clearly playing with an injury, clearly battling. Then he goes down. You get a completely untested rookie in, in net. They knew. Sergey's gonna bail us out. We can murder this other team. We can go for it, absolutely. Yeah. Then you go into the third round, and we don't even know who Carolina's goalie is. Right. They're going, they're basically doing like one on, one off, yeah. right? So they knew, okay, we're rallying around our goalie. He's, he's having a crazy Cinderella run. The vibes are immaculate, like this is great. You go into Vegas now, mm -hmm. like they don't have that anymore. They don't have that, like obviously, not saying that Borowski's not good, but yeah. on the other side of the spectrum, they have like a mini Bobrovsky. Right. Like Aiden Hill, People like yes, we you know we're, we we gave him his flowers as you want to say as the, mm -hmm. as the kids say yeah. um, last episode. But I think it's important considering that he just shut out the Dallas Stars in an elimination game yep. um, that we do it again. Aiden Hill has a 9.32 save percentage in 10 appearances. He stopped 8.2 um, goals above average in in uh, eight starts. He is giving them like Bobrovsky is on like he's it's literally the second the second best 
goaltending stretch in since they started tracking advanced stats. But Aiden Hill's very close. Mm. He he gives the the, uh, the Golden Knights some of that magic that Bobrovsky is giving the Panthers. The ability yeah. to be like this guy came. I mean, Bobrovsky didn't really come out of nowhere, but yeah. improbable um, to rally around to, to to give them sort of like this this uh, uh, like security. And I think that's a big thing because, it, as I said, in all these other series, the Panthers have had that magic in their pocket. Like they've mm-hmm. had that. They've had the ability to rally around that, use that narrative to their advantage. They don't have that anymore. They, like they have, like their opponent now has their own mini C- Cinderella story, their mini right. Bobrovsky, yeah. and I think that's really important. I think that's, like, like they haven't faced a team in the playoffs with a goalie a at full health and b firing on all cylinders, and now yeah. they are. And I wonder mm-hmm. how they'll be, how they will react to that if Aiden Hill continues up, because we've seen how other teams just crumble at the sight of they have a million grade-A scoring chances and Bobrovsky just stops all of them. Yeah. And they, they do the real-life version of throwing their, com- their controller through drywall, basically, right. or smacking themselves in the face so hard that it ruptures their eardrum like someone who will not be named right. uh, uh, will, has done. I wonder, how they, I wonder how they'll react if potentially, and if things go this way, they will be on the opposite side of that. Yeah, and I, I think that's what makes this a fascinating matchup mm-hmm. is, you know, at this point, it's like, yeah, we're not going to es- underestimate Florida anymore. We, we know that they obviously earned their way here by beating three of the best teams in the entire NHL mm-hmm. on this run. So now you get into a different scenario where, you know, and I'm sure in the Florida dressing room they're saying, nobody believes in us. Oh, every good team. Do the Patriots were doing that at the exactly. end of the Like, everyone has yeah, to exactly. do that. Nobody yeah. thinks we can do it. And, and, and hey. Do it. Do what you got to do mm. because I mean, you're going for a title. I'm not going to knock it. Yeah. Um, the stakes are so much lower for me. Yes. Just observing and writing. <laughs> Personally. Personally, the there's nothing on the line for me. I'm just enjoying it. That's true. <laughs> Whoever wins, I'm writing about it. I hope both teams good. have fun. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah 100%. Let's have fun out there. Um, but you know, at, at this point, like they're not going to surprise anybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, the stakes can't be any higher. Neither team has won a Stanley Cup before. It's their first, yeah. you know, third, their third first time game. this century, I believe, that it, it, that's going to happen, where there will be a guaranteed first-time Cup winner. Which is super fun. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, Vegas is going to come in, like, eyes wide open. Everybody knows what Bobrovsky's done so far. Mm. Um, you know, they know what they're going to face in terms of a Panther sport check. Uh, I think it's going to be a very physical series, oh, which is very fun. You better believe it, yeah. Because, you know, we mentioned all those Panthers, you know, Kachuk, Bennett, um, you know, Gudis, like all those guys, Cousins. Uh, but then on the Vegas side, you, you have Keegan Colasar, you know, you have Nick Hague, who is like 6'6", six, six, I think, 6'5". Six, but Trangelo tried to amputate <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl's arm, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long yeah. ago. Uh, so, you know, I mean, Vegas can hold court there. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're they're going to push back. So... I'm very, very intrigued by this series to see who gets to establish their will and for how long. Is, does it become a short series where one team locks in and finds their lane? Or do we see a series that just kind of seesaws where, you know, somebody getting hot one game or getting cold another game really makes the difference where the structure uh, doesn't play as much of a factor or you know the structure fails mm-hmm. in in one case and the other team takes advantage yeah and I guess before we, we head in the rapid fire personally selfishly mm-hmm. I just want to say I'm hoping because we'll, we'll both be there that we get a Phil Kessel appearance in the Stanley Cup final because he hasn't you know he I believe he was he has been healthy scratch since either the first round or the second round I can't imagine which but mm-hmm. he is as I've said my favorite player of all time he's nice. the reason why my Twitter handle is Mikey Stevens, 81. 
Um, I cannot change it now. Uh, <laughs> so it's kept there, just like how my old email address was Mikey22GoldMachine at Hotmail.com. Nice. Um, that is deactivated. Do not email, do not email that address. But um, it, uh, uh, like, I, I just love it, and I think it would be so cool, because we don't know what's going to happen. Like, Castle's old. Yes, he still has the Iron Man streak, but like, well, no, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. It would be cool for him to get... If, if, if and I, I would love for him to, to get an appearance, and I would love for him to just get one last cup yep. before he rides off into his single seat home movie theater. That is the dream that I've always wanted in my entire life. Right. I, I love him. I hope he gets there. It'd be great. No. Um, all right, rapid fire, Ryan. Do um, we want to do predictions first? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. What kind of host am I? Uh, uh, yeah, so let's do predictions. Who takes it? How many games? And Con Smythe. Oh, and Cosmo. Okay, yes. I'm I'm gonna say Florida in seven, mm. and I'm gonna say uh, that's, I, I'm gonna say Bobrovsky. I, I want to say Kachuk, but it feels like it's just if they win, then Bobrovsky is gonna like have to play well enough that he'll get it. So I am, I'm you know I'm gonna say something outrageous. Good. I'm going Vegas in seven. Okay. But for Con Smythe, I'm going Sergey Bobrovsky. Not crazy. I think he's pulling, I think, pulling like a, you said. Pulling a J.S. Jaguar. Yes, I think there will be a lot of like 2-1, one nothing games. Mm-hmm. A very like chess match type series. Yep. I think Bobrovsky will continue to stand on his head. And it will be at the point where we're going, we cannot. Like Jack Eichel's a point per ga- over a point per game. Yeah. You know, Matthew Chuck's over a point, whatever. But like he, he lost. And I think they will, I think they will, will pull a J.S. Jaguar. Because this is the closest I think we're ever going to get yeah. to that type of run again. So I'm saying Vegas in seven. Mm-hmm. I do think Vegas takes this. Yeah. I it, like. I, I really don't have a rooting interest in either team. I, I'm just. I'm rooting for an incredible stretch of hockey because this yeah. is like the lifeblood of what we do. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I do think that Sergey Bobrovsky, if he continues this, and I think he will, it's gonna gonna make history. All right, I like Pretty it. Be cool. All right, rapid fire, Ryan. Yes. So I, I only have like two questions here, but I'll start off with this one. So. Um, and it's interesting how to, how to phrase this. What is one thing that society or like, you know, culture or whatever is like super gung-ho on these uh-huh. days that you just cannot get behind? Oh, uh, okay, yeah. All the Real Housewives shows. Real, oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I guess that's the, that one's a little obvious, but I'll throw another one out there mm. that, and maybe it's just because like I come from like a punk rock background and this is weird to me, is like, uh, the demographic, the wide demographic of Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. Which seems to include a lot of hockey writers. Like, I feel Everyone. like she's like the new Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Where, like, a wide swath of hockey writers love Taylor Swift. And for me, it's like, yeah, like, she's good at what she does. But it's like, y'all don't want some edge? Like, you know? I have a theory as to why hockey writers like Taylor Swift. I, I used to be a huge Taylor Swift fan just because I was... You know, starting to like girls when I was getting older, and she was very pretty. Sure. Um, and but uh, she still is. But um, I think it's because she's such a great songwriter. Okay. I think that we we appreciate like the lyricism, the storytelling of her songs, because it's mm-hmm. true. Like literally, her 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 songs are almost like like friggin' MCU movies. Like there are like Easter eggs in her songs. Right. There are like fan theories about who she's referring to in her songs. There are like. You know, like narrative arcs that are continued from one album to another. Mm. So it's almost like a Harry Potter book where people are like waiting to see how the story continues. So I can see that. Like, I, is it a little overblown these days? Mm. Maybe, but I do think I do think that um, that as like hockey writers specifically or journalists specifically, I think they they respect her for uh, the songwriting. I think they really enjoy it. Fair enough. I think so. Okay. For me, and this might be. <laughs> 
<laughs> this might not be the best thing considering that our, our, our partner is BetMGM, but for me, it's gambling. Mm -hmm. I, and, and the reason why is because I have horrible luck. Uh -huh. Like I'm like I am I am I'm so lucky that I get to work this job and uh -huh. like travel and do all this stuff. It's awesome. But outside of that, yeah. typically if something can go wrong, it will. Uh -huh. I've found so, and I don't have the disposable income to just throw away my money on picking you know every and every time goal score in this game, knowing that that is now has now cursed them. Right. Uh, uh, like it just seems it just seems that way. So you're a cooler. I am a cooler. You should get hired by. No, I sh I well. Yeah. I mean, we're working with them, that is so true. It's cool. But they should like just install you at one of their casinos. Exactly. And you can just, you know, cool it, just off. cool people off. Yeah, exactly. And that that's actually how uh, that's that's my sort of uh, vibe in the dating world too. Fair. I'm I'm, I'm a cooler. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I, I would say that just inherently because I am I just have horrible luck, and I know that if I pick you know in, in the Cup final, if I pick Matthew Duchuk every time goal score, he will get shut out for the rest of the series. Right. So I just. Yeah, but that, that's one thing. Um, another thing too, and uh, so I've always been a big proponent of, um, you know, if I ever ran for office, keep in mind I have a political science degree, uh -huh. uh, American constitutional studies, so like at least I, I know some stuff about it. If I ever were to run for, for public office in either Canada, the United States, whatever, I would not put out any other policy platform. Like I wouldn't talk about, you know, like taxes or the budget or anything. My only policy platform would be as president or as prime minister, you get one legal punch per year. Right. Uh, it's like a mini purge. Right. Um, where you, you are allowed to punch one person consequence free in uh -huh. the face per year. If you punch another person, yep. it is like harsh jail time. Right. Like it is very, but like I feel 20 like. 20 years. Exactly. But I feel like it's, it would be very therapeutic for all of us. So I will parlay this in my question. If okay. you could have one legal punch on a celebrity, <laughs> ah. who would it be? Legal punch on a celebrity. And I want to say this is all fictional. <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, so we cannot be, you know, this is all fictional and we're just hypotheticalizing here. Mm. But if you could, Ryan, if you could have one legal punch on a celebrity, legal punch on who would celebrity? it be? Living or dead? Oh, okay. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's go living. I was going to yeah. Let's go living. Yeah, the stakes are higher when they're living. Who, yeah, who bothers me? Ah. I guess, like, yeah, probably like Elon Musk at this point. Stop messing with my Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be James Corden. Okay. I hate him so much. I, I have I have never like there is a ton of Reddit threads where like anytime there's a Reddit thread um, where it goes like you know people who have like met a celebrity in real life like what are they right. like and there are always just heinous stories of James Corden treating wait staff treating just like any type of employee in establishment horribly. And, 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 and then it contrasts with his public persona, uh -huh. where he's like, I'm James Corden. I'm like the nicest person ever. Right. And I just, I just feel like he needs one, you know. Um, right. And I guess before we, before we head out, uh, mm -hmm. our, our producer Connor reminded me as well, the World Championship happened. Yes. Canada took gold, but I think the story yeah. of, that, of the World Championship is Latvia mm -hmm. winning bronze and the entire country for a bronze medal in the world championship put together like a Raptors parade level. It's there's a national day of celebration now yeah. in, in Latvia for it. It's remarkable. I, we just want to give a shout out to that because it's amazing. Latvia has always been a really great hockey mm -hmm. country. And uh, yeah, it is very satisfying to see them, their fan base get rewarded. Absolutely. The world championship, it's a much bigger deal in Europe than it is over here mm -hmm. because you know, their domestic seasons have been, Done long for a long time. Yeah. 
Whereas we're more focused on the Stanley Cup. I do like what both Team USA and Canada did this time. Mm. Team USA always brings a lot of youngsters. Uh, but with Canada bringing Adam Fantilli and then Adam Fantilli scoring yep. a crucial goal for them. Um, that was great to see. But yeah, Latvia, I, I, I think it, it's funny because it's like they clearly have the community already yes. and like the, the grassroots and the fan base is amazing. So it's like they don't need a Leon Dreisaitl type superstar mm. like Germany has, but it would be nice to see, you know, uh, a Latvian player that could take things to the next level. And, you know, Archer Seelos, the goaltender, yes. Vancouver Canucks prospect, uh, you know, maybe he can become that guy uh, after being MVP of the tournament. But uh, I, to me, that's the interesting thing is like with Latvian prospects, they all tend to be very like grinding, workmanlike, yeah. like very solid team structure. Uh, and then, you know, at the NHL level, you'll get like a Zemgus Gergensen's, a Teddy Bluger's, that sort of mm. thing. Um, but it would be interesting to see what sort of impact a Dreisaitl, uh, you know, or uh, Andrzej Kopitar versus Slovenia, what that might do for the Latvian hockey scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, next time we talk to you, we will uh, be on the road and uh, covering the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy it. It really is the best time of the year. Obviously, use BetMGM for all your betting needs. And uh, we will see you next time.